Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank our friends at Premium Bar Products for sponsoring this episode. If you're ready to step up your game at your home bar, check out premiumbarproducts.com to choose from their wide selection of glassware, all of which can be custom engraved with your personal message or logo. And there's no minimum order. So after the episode, head over to premiumbarproducts.com and check out everything they have to offer. Now, let's get on with the show. We're going to get right to the episode, but before we do, I want to say happy St. Patrick's Day. It's Wednesday. It's St. Patrick's Day. I could be a part of the show today, but uh, I do want to take a moment and say, uh, pour yourself a little bit of Irish whiskey, raise your glass, cheers to our brothers and sisters across the pond. All whiskey is good. We should celebrate it all. And uh, Slancha, may the road rise up to meet you. Hey, this is Big Chief from the Bourbon Road, and I'm downtown Louisville today, and I'm at Peerless Distilling Company, and uh, got some special guests with me, but Jim couldn't be with us today, and that's why he's not talking, not leading us into this episode. Uh, Jim's got a business, and he had an appointment he had to make, so that's that's called life, and we're going to make this happen anyways, but what I did bring with me is one of our bourbon roadies one of my good friends steve johnson's with us he's he's in here listening uh to the episode gonna get to drink a little bit bourbon get to see the behind the scenes of a distillery with me and uh pretty great but i got two special guests in here with me i got corky taylor um he is the man that brought this distillery back to life an amazing story he's going to tell it to us today and then we got Cordell Lawrence um, with us today, too. He's going to tell us about the bourbon we're going to drink today, and uh, we're going to have a great time in here. And we're in their speakeasy, which is a beautiful room. Corky, Cordell, uh, welcome to the Bourbon Road, and thanks for having us here. It's oh. a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. We kind of kid. These seats are hard to get out of, so make yourself comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cordell, no, we ran into you down at Bourbon's Bistro. Jason's uh, place. Yeah, just- It's uh, a place to be. That's where everybody goes to hang out, right? Exactly. A whole bunch of bourbon, I guess, executives in there that yes. night. Um, and it was nice. And you said, hey, we need to get you back down to the distillery. It's been almost a year and a half. It was October of 2019 was the last time we were here. We were with Caleb. And um, we'd ran into Corky that day. And Corky was busy. Obviously, he is. He's a, he's a businessman, right? That's right. Um, but I got to hear some stories that day. We talked a little oh, military. You and you... Uh, Got me laughing pretty hard, which is not, <laughs> not hard to do uh, at all. So well, well, I always like to get straight to the whiskey. Yep. Um, so what what's in our first pour here? So we have our Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, this is always going to be sweet mash. So fresh grain, fresh water, fresh yeast, every distillation. Uh, we're going to serve it at barrel strength. We're not going to water this down. We are going to come off the still at about 131. We're going to go in the barrel about 107. And then we're going to let it naturally age for a minimum of four years. We're going to do nothing to alter that. So what you're enjoying right now is truly unadulterated. And uh, some of Caleb and team's finest whiskey. So I'm looking at the bottle. This is 114.8 proof. That's that's a that's on the higher end. So normally we're about 110, 111. And then we have these offshoots with small batch and single barrel. The single barrel you have there is available down our gift shop. 
and it's a vintage cigar box. Vintage cigar box, well, this, which is pretty interesting. That, that sounds interesting and stuff. Well, heck, let's let's taste this before we get started talking. It's got a beautiful nose on it. Very complex. What you'll notice too is, you know, it's not overly astringent. It has a soft uh, mouthfeel, kind of a lingering finish that sticks around, but not overly spicy. Very palatable for uh, barrel strength whiskey. Very easy drinking. The spice is there. Yep. Um, very, very spicy. Um, little sugars in there. I'm getting some funky on that though. Uh, like a. Uh, I don't know what that is. It's just, it, it's a memory. It's coming back. By the time I'm finished talking, it'll probably be there. Well, when we were first tasting this, and that's kind of the name, as you can imagine, we thought almost of a, a dusty bottle is what this reminded us of, of a vintage pour, if you will. And then we noticed that kind of real distinct uh, tobacco and kind of cigar tobacco note within that, that made it taste older than it was, as if it was a vintage pour. I'm almost getting... Um, I get just a hint of sweet green on this, but not a lot. But uh, maybe it's all the leather in this room and old wood and stuff. But it's almost like I went into a saddle room in a barn mm -hmm. um, a little bit to mm -hmm. me. Yep. Um, this is definitely a gentleman's whiskey. I like how Dr. Pat Heiss says it about sweet mash. He said sweet mash is uh, like taking the heartburn out of whiskey. It is. Um, no, so That's exactly right. <clears throat> it's that rear palate finish. It's not that deep chest burn. Makes it very easy drinking, very palatable. I tell you, if you're a whiskey drinker out there uh, and you're looking for something, there's very few people that do a sweet mash because it's labor intensive, right? Correct. Um, but if you're looking for that, you don't like that burn so much. Look for a sweet mash, and Peerless is one of those that's making a sweet mash. That's all you guys do here, right? Correct. Exclusively yeah. sweet mash. And it, it costs extra. More labor and more time. Think about it. We have to have the guys go back there and steam clean at 212 degrees and maintain that temperature for a number of minutes to then sanitize all the sanitary vessels. So all the stainless steel pipes, fermentation tanks, everything is clean twice a day, not once a day, twice a day. Most distilleries may do that once or twice a year. We do it twice every single day. So, Corky, uh, you know, you retired. When did you retire from like business? You're down in Florida. I was right? down in Florida. I moved a company I had here in Louisville to Florida um, about 30 years ago. And so we moved to Sarasota, Florida. I sold out in, I think, um, 2000, end of 2009, first of 2010. Walked on a beach in Sarasota for a year and a half. Most depressed I've ever been in my friggin' life. I said, man, I got to go back to work. So my youngest son, Carson, that's that's here in the distillery, um, I said, he was a builder. I said, let's let's build a distillery. And he was all for it. So he was able to come in here and he did most all the work and headed it up. And in, this old building was a tobacco warehouse. So that's where you're getting probably a little bit of tobacco in this, in this bourbon. Um, but he did a great job, took him two years, but we wanted that feel where people come through the door and they want to feel like they're going back in time a hundred years. And this building's 130 years old. So it gives you that feel and, and you, you just, you know, you are someplace when you, when you walk in the building and of course our history with, you know, with the name, the DSP number, everything involved. So, so when did your family, when did they start the actual distillery? 1889. My, my great-grandfather, Henry Craver, um, 
interesting story about him. He was a Polish Jew, moved to New York City to Manhattan when he was five years old, selling newspapers on the corner when he was seven, eight, 10, 12 years old. And when he was 19 years old, he saved up some money. He says, I'm going to leave my family in New York. I'm going to get on a riverboat. And when I run out of money, that's where I'm going to end up. Why he didn't get off in Louisville, Kentucky, I have no idea. He must have been drunk or something. He went, <laughs> he went on down to Henderson, got off the boat, walked to the top of the hill, one bar up there called Puckett's. He, he walked in, he says, I have no money. I don't have a nickel in my pocket. Can I sweep the floor and can I live in the attic until I get myself squared away? And they said, sure, come on in. A couple of years later, he bought the bar. But he was a very interesting man. He 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 built the distillery in, in 1889, and it was one of the largest distilleries. There were 200 distilleries in the state of Kentucky. And at that time, uh, he was one of the largest distilleries in the state during that era. And how long did they operate before it, it went defunct? 1889 shut it down in 1917. He shut it down because of World War I purposes. And then, of course, Prohibition came along in 19. So he shut it down in 17. Of course, they thought he was a genius for doing it. He sold all his stills to United Distillery in Vancouver, British Columbia. So they came in. He had um, he, he had a family in, in Louisville. Well, you're familiar with Vendome that makes all the stills. Yes, sir. So the Sherman family, he got a hold of Mr. Sherman in 1917. And he said, you know, I want you to come to Louisville. I wanted you to to break all the stills down, put them on train cars, take them up there. And he brought brought the Sherman family back to Louisville. And that's where they got part of their money to start Vendo. My great-grandfather sent it by breaking down those stills. Wow. That that's a unique part of Vendome right there. It right? is. It um, is, and they put a picture downstairs in 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 our still room uh, that's really unique. It's got it's got the their great grandfather, Mister Sherman. It's got two of the sons in the picture, and it was taken in 1938. But 1917 was what that was the year that he broke the stills down. Now, how did you figure out? Hey, my family owned a distillery. Did you always know that in your family? Oh, history? I knew that. My father was. Um, um, you know, his grandfather was Henry Craver. It's my great-great-grandfather, great-grandfather. So we always had, in our home in Henderson, we had a lot of pictures of the distillery, the brewery, bottles, just his whole office. He had a big office at home and um, always had a lot of information. And Henry Craver, he was a banker in Henderson. So he started First National Bank. He owned the theaters there, the Craver Theater, and another theater there. I mean, he had a brewery there, a huge brewery down on the river. So he was a pretty big industrialist. And then he he actually owned the Palmer House up in Chicago during Prohibition. So there, that was, um, and he stayed up there a lot. And um, it's, there's some really neat stories that Cordell and I heard up in Chicago mm-hmm. that my great-grandfather, when he owned the Palmer House up there, his two buddies up there were the Walgreen brothers. Everybody's got a Walgreens. And during that era of prohibition, my great grandfather sold the Walgreen brothers forty thousand barrels of bourbon. There's a lot of sick people in Chicago, you know. That? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's kind of a unique story. So, uh, I never met my great grandfather. They said he was a party animal. So, and I believe that he probably was. Huh. Do you get a little bit of that from him? I think I, 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 I probably, yeah, I'm. I'm 
I've slowed down in my old age, but older age, not old age. <laughs> but uh, no, I think I, I think I had that for quite a while. So you, you have in your, you know, just opening a distillery is awesome, but you got a pretty amazing background, uh, starting with your dad, right, and uh, being an aide to General Patton. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we go into that just a tad Sure, bit? sure. You know, I grew up an Army brat. My dad was in the military basically the whole time until we moved back to his hometown of Henderson. Um, so I grew up in Hawaii. I was surfing. I was having a big time. I thought, man, this, this is a life that I want. And um, he was in, he was in course, he was with General, he was a chief aide with General Patton, um, was with General Patton. And there's a, there's a picture down at the Patton Museum down in Knox, Fort Knox of my father standing right next to General Patton. So they were together uh, from 1943 to the end of the war. And then um, dad was in Korea for two years. He was a first officer in Vietnam, sent by General Westmoreland. And then he was he was the officer in charge of Bay of Pigs down in down in um, in the islands down there in Cuba. So he, he was just that was what he did. He went to Castle Heights Military. I'm talking about my father went to Castle Heights Military Cabinet and, and lived in Tennessee for 14 years. So the time he was five years old till he retired, that's all he knew was military. Now you're an alumni from there too, right? Well, not exactly. I was there. I was there. Uh, for for a short period of time, and my two roommates were the Almond Brothers, Greg and Dwayne. The the real Almond Brothers. The real Almond Brothers. Yeah. Did they play any music while they were there? You know, they had a guitar in the room. Tell you the quick story about them. Their mom was a single mom. Their father was killed when they were two and three years old. I'm talking about Greg and Dwayne. Um, their mother just happened to work for my father's roommate at Castle Heights for twelve years. His name was Jay Santa, call him J Boy Sanders. And he owned two companies, one in Nashville and one in Shelbyville, that uh, made these yellow number two pencils. You know, we use those in school. And she worked for him and he was watching these boys grow up. So when they got to be 13 and 14 years old, he got a hold of my dad. He says, I'm sending these boys to military school. They're out of control. He says, Your son going? He says, He's going, but he don't want to go, which I did not want to go, but I went. Hell, I went down there. But we, uh, no, we didn't hang around long enough to graduate. <laughs> we, we, we all went home. So we uh, we had more fun than we should have in a military school. And um, uh, But they did. They had a guitar in the room. But they didn't, you know, on Sunday afternoon, you have kind of like a do what you want to from two to four before dinner. They played the guitar some, sang some, but there wasn't, we weren't in there jamming or anything. Now, did you keep? keep a uh, track with them or keep up with those guys well, throughout their career. Wayne was killed when he was 25 years yep. old. I, I I saw Greg a couple times, but you know, I, I never did, you know, we weren't, we were buddies, but we, when we left Castle Heights, we weren't together. You know, we, we didn't see each other. And um, it wasn't until I guess a, three or four years ago, Greg died a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't, wasn't until three or four years ago, uh, I was I was in Sarasota and there was there was I was getting acupuncture and a guy laying next to me he had he, he had getting acupuncture and he had real long hair and I said I was thinking that guy's either in the music business or he's some kind of entertainer I said what do you do for a living he goes I was the Allman Brothers uh, manager I said well good I was a roommate you can imagine what he said then I said well get Greg on the phone so he did and then Greg came down to Sarasota and uh, 
I thought he was just going to fly in out. Hell, he ended up staying five months. He found a found a new girlfriend on Main Street, so he was uh, <laughs> he. Uh, so I'd see him. You know, I'd see him drink a beer. You know, we weren't we we were buddies, and we knew in the past, but we weren't you know running buddies by any means. But there ain't no not too many people could say, "Hey, I was roommates with the Almond Brothers before they were really uh, the band." Yeah, right. Uh, some of the greatest classic rock out there um and just to get to see the forefront of that as a roommate had to still be an awesome experience oh yeah um, now you also have a pair of or maybe one i, I could be wrong of Patton's famous pistols right ivory I do. pistols i do i've got uh i've got his colt 1911 uh silver plated ivory handled 45 that, that general Patton carried all through the war and um, two weeks before General Patton, the war was over, two, just at the end of the war, two weeks before General Patton was in a bad car wreck, he gave that to my father. And my father owned it for 30 years. I've owned it for 45 years. My sons will own it, and my grandsons already know they'll own it. So as far as I know, it won't leave the Taylor family. And it's and it's it's really something to have. I mean, when I when I get army generals, there's not an army general probably in the United States military that doesn't know I have General Patton's gun. And they will come in here. They'll call me and say, would you bring the gun in? I'm going to bring it in next Friday night, I think. Uh, and and I'll show, show them the gun. I've seen army generals actually cry in this distillery. When they, some of them went to West Point, that's where Patton went to school. They, they, they've been in, you know, they they were in the military for thirty years, thirty five years, or generals, and they th- and and they've idolized Patton their whole career. They they fought wars, they fought conflicts, like he thought Patton would would have done it. And when they put that gun on and touch that gun and feel that gun and know that General Patton carried that gun all through the war, they just emotionally lose it. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's that kind of that brotherhood. And he was uh Patton was kind of a man's man, you know, carried himself a certain way. Um, yeah. <clears throat> definitely probably wouldn't be uh the most liked fella today. Even at his time, he he wasn't the most liked fella, but well respected in his military thoughts. Um he also liked a little bit of whiskey. Uh, he liked a whole lot of whiskey. <laughs> so <laughs> he, much so much so that they they called they said he would put it in old field drums and ship it over to his guys. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean he my dad said hell he drank every day. He he said they'd be in they'd be in Europe fighting a damn war and Patton's drinking and they're getting ready to take over these cities and hell the damn he starts yelling and screaming and shooting and he's drunk and the lights start coming on. They said dad's trying to get him to back out and he said it was just wilder and wild back then. He said, you know, it's just you don't think about World War II. He says, like on Friday afternoon, they'd say, Okay, let's quit fighting. Patton and my dad get in an airplane, they'd go, they go to um uh where a patent love these Royal Lipizzan horses, the white horses, and there were 58 of them. And, um, he, he wanted to go see these horses. So he'd take my dad with him to go see these horses that general Patton loved. And, um, they'd go in there to the cave. They were hidden in a cave in Austria and they'd fly up there and drink whiskey all weekend, play, piddle around with the horses, go back on Sunday afternoon, start the war back up again. It's too bad though that he didn't have a little bit of peerless bourbon to drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> it would have made it all that much better. That right? Sure would have, but that's you know. Now, because as, as a kid um, or a teenager, 
do you remember your first sip of bourbon? My dad drank a lot of bourbon. So I, yeah, I, I, I can remember in high school drinking bourbon and, and it's, and it's funny. I mean, all my buddies, Henderson's a small town. So all my best friends, their fathers, just like Bill Lattice, you know, my closest friend, well, Bill Lattice's father and my father were best friends. So it's just, and everybody drank bourbon. So, you know, from the time you're in college, maybe a little bit in high school, but time I was in college <laughs> till here lately, we we drank bourbon until mm-hmm. all my buddies now, now like our rye whiskey. It's funny, I've been drinking bourbon for 50 years, but rye whiskey, we've been making it, and they just seem to like the flavor profiles. And I've got five or six buddies that grew up on bourbon, but now they're drinking our rye. It's different. It's something. Might be a nice segue into our uh, next pour here. Yeah. Yeah. In the second half, we'll get into that rye, yeah. that rye whiskey and stuff. Um, Cordell, what's your position here at the distillery? So director of global marketing and strategy and have grown up in the business. So still have two aunts of mine that work over at Brown Foreman. I myself previously worked at Brown Foreman, both on the Jack Daniels global marketing team and Southern Comfort marketing team. So you're, you're a whiskey man. How long you been in the whiskey business together? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Now about uh, 17, 18 years. Yep. I mean, his voice sounds like he's young, but he's not a he's not a young man. That's right. <laughs> I'm not a young man. I might, look, pretty young. I might look older than I am, but uh, <laughs> I get that from my dad, right? So you say global marketing. So we, we were back here in October of 2019, I think. And I don't think that you guys were in a ton of states then. How many states are you in now? We're in 44 states and three foreign countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, three foreign countries being the UK, Australia, and Canada. Our Australia and our UK fans uh, would love to hear that. And stuff. Absolutely. Uh, we definitely got fans there. And what about expanding to like Japan, uh, Spain? We're looking at a lot of opportunities in terms of export markets right now. But I tell you what, the demand within the continental U.S. is pretty phenomenal. Uh, right now, our bourbon is uh, completely sold out before it even leaves our door. Uh, allocated to that account and people are lining up and it's selling within 24 hours of hitting the shelf. Now, Corky, is that a good feeling to you that you know that you've you've brought this family legacy back to um, America? It, it's a great feeling and, and it's a good feeling for everybody, for everybody that works here. I mean, we feel like we're a big family here. <laughs> so to have everybody, everybody knows what's going on in here. We don't keep, there's no secrets in this building. So when we sell out and we sell this one, or we got a big order going to California, or we have a big one going here to Louisville or, or Florida, everybody knows that that's going out the back door. So everybody's excited about it. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it's a testament to everybody that works here. Everybody works hard. We make the right product and you got to have a good product to sell out. So we're, we're, we're honored to, to have that product. Well, I tell you what, that's been amazing. You know, the, the quality above all else mantra, if you will, that Corky's instilled from day one, I think has been testament and it's shown itself through the dedication everybody here has uh, to making the finest quality rye whiskey and bourbon out there. Well, and I've worked with some of your team before. I actually had called here and asked a favor uh, one time. Um, we had a Coast Guard admiral that 
was coming into town. And um, I called a couple of distilleries. It was a last minute thing. My work said, hey, you think you could get him into a distillery? We're not having any luck of finding a private tour after hours. And I said, let me make a couple of phone calls, send a couple of texts. Um, and you guys were so gracious. And it last, I mean, it was last minute um, after hours. I said, hey, could you get this Coast Guard Admiral in here? Um, he only controls, I think, 42 states of the United States um, mm. in the center of America. And this is really his, one of his states, Kentucky is. <clears throat> and uh, you guys were gracious enough to host him and a couple other officers on a tour here. And I know that made the world to them. Um, but just your, um, how you hire people and your team that you've kept, you took Caleb and pretty much brought him into the bourbon community. And now he's your master distiller and that loyalty will pay off dividends you know it's kind of like having a soldier that stays in for 30 years they don't know anything but loyalty to the united states uh, right. that's all they think that's in exactly their mind. Right. right you don't want to stop and it, it's it's hard when you take off those boots those fatigues yep. uh for a coast guard member you you know for 24 years that's all i did and you know you take that uniform off and you're like you kind of feel a little bit lost mm-hmm. right but, oh sure you do but but building that loyalty here at the distillery, kind of that same attitude, I could see that inbred in you from your, uh, from your probably your dad. You know that loyalty to yeah. your family, your brand, and building that brand, and that'll pay a long ways. There's a lot of moving around in the bourbon community that people don't realize. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. But on Corky's part, bringing you on board and saying, "Hey, how long have you been with Peerless?" So since about 2016, so almost five years. So five years now. So even before the rye whiskey was on the market. Correct. And your plan is to stay here. This is it. Absolutely. Let's hope put so. you on the spot. Yeah, my forever <laughs> home, if you will. Yeah. No, <laughs> Corky we, takes we, good care of us. We so hope it. so. No, we we want to keep everybody we have. I mean, it's we we just have a really good group, and um, you know we do a lot of things together, and we eat lunch together every day. We have lunch, you know. So it's it's um, it's the camaraderie is here in 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 in, in these walls. So and we all collectively they, buy into that vision. You know, every day that we're going to make the best product we can and we're going to deliver a first class experience every single time people people come in these doors. Yeah, you got a great experience and you guys are open for tours right now. We are. So we've we had are. to reduce that down a little bit in terms of capacity from 25 people per tour to 10 and now three tours per day. But what's amazing is, you know, the um, level of proficiency of the people that are coming in in terms of visitors now, you're getting the diehards, the truly passionate people. They're here for a reason. They're here on a mission. They're here to taste through some of these exceptional single barrels that Caleb and team have put together. And uh, it's an amazing experience for the tour guides as well. They complement the level of knowledge that people bring into this building on a tour and the way they push them with information and questions. So it's been uh, all in all kind of a silver lining. Well, we'll get into that a little deeper yep. on the second half. Um, and obviously, my my glass is empty, so that means it's time for a break. I think so. Um, I yeah. This was a beautiful expression right here. Thank um, you. A, a, very tasty bourbon, 114 proof. Um, that's that's that sweet spot for me. I always I always bang on people when they put putting out 90 proof. I always say, hey man, I wonder how that would taste in cask strength. You know, that's always wow. for me. That's where it's at. So, but in the second half, we'll get into a rye expression and uh, we'll go and see what the future for Peerless looks like. Sounds great. All right, stay with great. us, listeners. Well, you know, you can't drink whiskey without glassware. And Mike and I are extremely pleased to have a sponsor like Premium Bar Products. 
Premium Bar Products offers direct-to-consumer the finest whiskey glasses, cocktail glasses, and bar tools with your own personal engraving. I mean, you can write anything you want on these glasses. Anything from a company logo to a personal statement. And there are no minimum orders. Their direct consumer platform offers you the opportunity to purchase small quantities of your favorite glass shapes that enhance the pleasure of enjoyment and drinking a whiskey and make it all very positive. They offer the absolute finest trending and handmade glasses as well as a comprehensive range of styles and all of their items have been designed with purpose, practicality and longevity in mind. So if you're a bourbon or whiskey group and you need custom logos, you need to reach out to Premium Bar Products. If you're an individual, you just want a few for your bar, to impress your friends, to give out as gifts, you need to call Premium Bar Products. They need to be your one and only source for custom glassware. I can tell you right now, the Bourbon Road, that's who we use. Janie and Carson and the team there at Premium Bar Products will take care of you. They'll treat you like family and they'll take care of you with every order. All right, listeners, this is Big Chief, and we're back for the second half with Peerless Distilling Company here in downtown Louisville. I'm going to tell you, there's a stone's throw from the river, a river that I know so well, the Ohio River down there, the falls of the Ohio. Um, you can look at the dam here. Um, the river is up right now. Um, the way I know that, uh, not only by the some of the uh, waterfront down there is underwater, but the dam gates are completely lifted out of the water. If you go down to the falls of the Ohio, it is uh, just a ripping down there. And you guys are right on the um, canal here, really, the entrance to the canal. So a beautiful place. Uh, I can't wait to take some photos of your bottles. Um, I got some special ideas up, but we're here with Corky and Cordell. And on the second half, you guys uh, poured us some of your rye. So what do we got, Cordell? We do. We actually have a, a Kentucky straight rye whiskey that in this case is a single barrel. And we named this single barrel Caribbean cured sugar cane. So you're going to pick up in this case, kind of a sweet tobacco note. You're going to get brown sugar, you know, get a bit of charred citrus as well. Uh, pretty interesting. One of my favorites as of late, at least of 2021, is this single barrel. Fantastic. You knew an old dirty seller was coming with that that name, right? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I have a Coast Guard man in the building, you got to serve him this. Exactly. Well, let's let's taste this thing. Absolutely. You know, what you'll notice, too, is that we're most often referred to as a bourbon drinker's rye. You know, our rye whiskey, yeah, you, you pick up the oak and the, the pepper spice, but it's not, uh, again, overpowering, overwhelming. You're going to pick up a lot of bourbon notes that are nuanced, things within the caramel and vanilla wing of the flavor wheel, as well as uh, fruits and florals, herbaceous notes, uh, botanical notes. You say floral notes and stuff. Me and Jim always, Jim says I'm the flower guy. Uh, oh, nice. I like that. I always... Think that this is a almost a hibiscus mm-hmm. uh, flower that's that a great floral note I get out of it and stuff. Um, not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, very spicy, spicy though. Yep. It's got some spice to it, definitely. Yep. Um, almost some of that that spice you would get down in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. down in Jamaica, maybe. Yep. Um, I like it. It is a this is more of a bourbon drinker's rye. Absolutely. Um, that's what they call than, it. Than most people would think. Um if you're looking for that rye out there that's uh, more of a Kentucky rye, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and why corn content, yeah, high corn content. Um, you know, that's, that's what I think of is, is this right here? Well, well job still no hug there. That's right. Not that Kentucky hug. Um, people, when I say there's no hug, uh, you still get that spice on the back of my tongue. I get that spice. Mm -hmm. It just kind of rolled back nice and easy, not overpowering, but enough to say, Hey man, this is a this is a sipping man's whiskey. Slow down a little bit. Lingers in a pleasant way. Now, what's the yeah. proof on this one? So in this case, it's 111 even. So this is towards the average. We tend to be about 110, 111, but again, never adulterated. Whatever it comes out of the barrel at, we bottled at that. So barrel entry is always 107. Now, have how many people make a cocktail of this? Uh very few. <laughs> we won't. We won't say we recommend against it. Um, we want people to enjoy it how they want to enjoy their whiskey. But uh, this is a true sipping whiskey, neat or on the rocks. I, I tell you this. I, I hate to say this, but I'd almost like to taste this in old fashioned. And be interesting. Call it a spicy old fashioned. Well, it's, it's a great Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, great I Manhattan. love this. Oh, yeah. It's Manhattan. It is. It's really good. Yeah, I tend to go with our <clears throat> small batch rye for a cocktail. Uh, with these single barrels, I kind of want these uh, these one-offs, these unique barrels to kind of stand out on their own. Yeah. We, yeah. we always say your bourbon, your way, your whiskey, your way. You, yep. you're, you buy it. And I, I always say the best bourbon is free bourbon. Uh, <laughs> or best whiskey is free whiskey. Um, which is, this is pretty damn good whiskey right here. Um, but I love yeah. that and stuff. So let's talk about the future sure. of Peerless. Absolutely. Right? And I'd hit you in the break and I want to ask you this question. Um, so peerless is at the higher end of a whiskey buy, right? Um, it $69 for your small batch bourbon, um, right around 79, 89 for some rye on a shelf in a liquor store. Is there any, uh, is there any chance you guys are ever going to come out with something that's a, a, below the $50 mark? You know, it's something we always, um, think about you know, in terms of how we expand the net, if you will, of consumers that are out there that can be interested in our brand, our product. So never say never. We'll see. Right now, we're really focused uh, in the immediate term in the next three to five years on a lot of barrel finished products. Sure. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we have a lot of, a lot of other uh, tricks up our sleeve. Let's, let's back up there. You sure. said, you know, you piqued my interest. I love sure. barrel finish. What kind of barrel finishes can we look for? So I would look um, around probably the wine finish range. I won't give too much away there of, of the varietal that we're going to use there, but there's some things we're looking at there. We're also looking in the rum category, uh, orange curacao. Uh, we've done absinthe as well. You've probably seen our rye whiskey finish in absinthe barrels. I see that. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely pour that, some of that after this interview. If you have time that just came out, right? That just came out. Yeah, correct. So maybe we can get a bottle of that. Maybe we can do a review on our, our, uh, money review show. That'd be a, that I'm sure our listeners would want to hear that. And the idea yeah. with that really was a, a Sazerac in a glass, right? So if you take an absinthe barrel that's been used, in this case from our friends down the street at Copper and Kings, and then you finish our rye whiskey in that barrel, you essentially get a Sazerac that's poured in your glass. So it's a pretty phenomenal experience. Uh, and great job by Caleb and team pulling that together. Now, Corker, what do you think about finished bourbons? You know, I, I, the ones we have, I, I like them, but, um, you know, you get some of the, the, the older guys that have been around that say bourbon is not supposed to be finished. It's supposed to be bourbon. And if it is, it isn't really bourbon. So I'm listening, but, you know, the, the new hot thing and the new flavor profiles and people, what they enjoy, you know, 
give them what they enjoy and they then they like it i mean so to answer your question i like it i taste it i'm 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 all in on it um but um you know everything runs in cycles that'll run in a cycle uh what we're doing hopefully uh, in about two or three years is we're going to have a Henry Craver product that's going to be an eight-year-old bourbon or, or, or older. So we're, we're thinking down the line of what we can do and what we'll have. So obviously we have the products we have now, but in eight, nine, ten years we'll have a Henry Craver product. Well, how, the thing is, is you got to look at your drinkers, right? And how Correct. do I get more people to drink whiskey? How do I get mm-hmm. more people to come off craft beer or come off vodka or come off rum and taste my whiskey? Uh, or how do I get a wine drinker to drink my whiskey? And you got to have something there. And I always take a finished whiskey that's been finished in mm-hmm. a wine barrel um, can get a lot more people drinking whiskey just to get it in their mouth and let them taste it and say, man, this is pretty spectacular right here. Well, and luckily for yeah. us, you know, our production practices, no water added, always barrel strength. We're hitting on a lot of recent trends in the industry, if you will. And within there, we're able to appeal to a lot of people that would say, ah, you know, barrel strength whiskey isn't for me. You know, we kind of threw Caleb and the team downstairs, set the stage for very easy drinking, palatable barrel strength whiskey that can turn people on to this type of product Um, and kind of branching out into the nuances, if you will, the flavor wheel uh, with these barrel finishes and other exotic things we're going to do with the product allows even more people to be interested in what we're doing. Man, you got me excited now. I can't. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Jones. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe you'll come out with a, a honey barrel one. But uh, I'm always peaked my estrus. I'm going to have to write barrels. that idea down, or I'll give you credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my listeners would would say that uh, they would they would be upset if I didn't ask this question. Um, so you got a your rye. It's a rye bourbon, a rye whiskey. Um, I'm a self proclaimed weedy king of Kentucky. Any chance for a weeded bourbon in the future? You know, we've really stuck uh, to our guns on that in terms of using uh, rye, corn, and malted barley. In our case, we've done a lot of experimentation, and that just tends to be what we're skilled at in terms of what our team can distill the best and uh, in terms of the flavor profiles that we're after. But that doesn't mean that we're not fans of weeded by any means, but probably not uh, in our future. I'm looking for that first distillery to come out with a toasted weeded bourbon. That's not a bad idea either. Yeah. You know, Jason Brauner, owner of Bourbon's Bistro, may be able to help you out there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually said it on that show um, about that. Um, maybe one day somebody will come out with it. Who knows? That's I'm a just, good idea, though. I think that'd be a great some, product. Somebody will come out with yeah. it. Somebody better pay Big Chief is what I'm hearing. Um, you get credit for consult, sure. Yeah. Consulting it. Yes. Yeah, this is a, I would say this is a sailor's rye whiskey right here. Um, That's a great description. Yeah, you, you definitely... Those spicier notes that, you know, as old sailors, we kind of like that spice uh, of life and stuff. And this is would be it right here. Um, definitely a sipper. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to yep. sit down and just chug this thing because um, that's not what it's for. It, 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 I, when I thought of whiskey back in when I was a young man, and maybe both of you thought the same thing, right? Um, that's what I thought as a man sitting down on a leather chair. A neat glass of whiskey, just sipping on it and and pondering his day and say, how do I become a better man and how good of a man was I today? Um, that's what whiskey was to me when I was a young man. Yeah. I like I that thought. That's like a great that. mantra. And we like to say exactly. sip, sip and savor, kind of savor the product and savor life, right? Yeah. At the same time. 
Yeah. If I have a, uh, a fire at my house and my dog Woodrow and my wife sitting down with me uh, at the end of a day, it's a perfect day for me. Uh, what else do you need? You don't need anything. Else. I don't need whiskey in my glass. That's, well, that, <laughs> that's true. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Corky, your son is here too. Carson is here. My youngest son. Yep. And he's the one that helped you get back in this game, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was his vision to, to get back in here and do this. He was, he was building houses at that, but you know, he knew all about granddaddy Craver and the history that we had. And, and, uh, we thought that by being close to main street that, you know, this would be a good place some years down the road because bourbon was obviously picking up. You could just see it. It was, it was getting bigger every day. And uh, some of the other distilleries, you know, with Heaven Hill down here and some of them, you know, on Main Street. Now we got Mictors. We've got a lot of them, you know, uh, are here. So um, it's it's a big it's a big business in downtown Louisville. And we're fortunate to be right here at the end of it on 10th Street. So, you know, we, we were able to capitalize on people going to the, you know, the Louisville Slugger Bat Museum to come here. Um, and to go into hotels and, you know, everybody helps everybody. So it's, it's been good. You know, we're, every- tr- we're truly grateful. I was going to say court for the amount of traffic that people send our way, you know, nobody's looking to, to steal that traffic from us per se. They're looking to help us out and we return the favor. So it, it's a great community. Yeah. yeah. There's enough uh, signs that show you the way down here. Uh, so you, you kind of start out, you can stand all the way out the other end of town, right, right at rabbit hole and then work your way down to angels envy, then old Forrester and Evan yeah. Williams and then Mictors. Uh, and then to get to here, you've, you've had one hell of a day. You ended at a great little distillery here in Louisville, Kentucky. Look at the river. Now you got to walk back or you can get an Uber ride or. Well, as they say, you can't yeah. walk Napa Valley, but you can walk the bourbon district. You and Whiskey Row and Whiskey downtown Louisville. Yeah. It's There's right here. Great restaurants in the area. Yep. Some great hotels to stay at. If you haven't stayed at the Brown Hotel or uh, Seal Box. Awesome experience. Um, or the New Distill or even the Galt House. Any of those, uh, which you can find all of those hotels has Peerless on their shelves um, and be part of that urban bourbon experience. Man, you guys are kicking ass down here. That's what I would say. Right. Well, thank you. Well, thank that you. means a lot. We're, we stay focused and we're serious about it, but we want to still have some fun doing it. So, so we talked about your tours earlier. Um, your tours are running. You got tours coming in today. Um, and you also have a barrel uh, pick where you can come in here and buy a barrel if you want to, right? Correct. Now, how's that work? So right now, uh, as you can imagine, the demand for that is definitely outstripping the supply. Uh, so we do have a limited number of both rye single barrel selections and bourbon single barrel selections that we partner with accounts uh, in key markets around the country. Uh, so those are typically the best performing markets and the ones that have really bought into the vision and the family history of Corky and Carson from day one and have been big advocates and big cheerleaders for us. And we return the favor. And in the break, me and you were talking about, Cordell, uh, uh, was the... Uh some big laws are coming up here in Kentucky yes. where you guys are going to be able to ship Correct. your product out. Um, how soon do you think that's going to happen? So we're planning on launching our direct-to-consumer, which they also call DTC website, in March. So within the next few weeks, that will be fully operational for us. And how many states will you guys be able to ship so out So right to? now, it's just actually was added up to 15. Previously, it was 11 states, now 15 states. So listeners, look up, look out for that. Uh, keep your eye to the grindstone um, and watch 
Peerless's website if you're a fan of theirs, um, where you can buy their whiskey. Now, will be there will be an upcharge for that besides shipping? Or uh, besides it- shipping, it'll be the same price you would pay in our retail gift shop here on site. So if you can't come to Kentucky, you know, and you got to have some Peerless whiskey, um, definitely that's where you're going to want to go. And you could buy it straight from your guys' website at that time, Correct. Right? You can buy it direct from our website. Right. The other interesting thing that we're going to do within that shipment is a personal invitation for you and your family to come join us at Peerless, complimentary. Wow. So, you know, really building that relationship, not just a transaction. This is truly a relationship we're building for life. Now, if somebody does come into town, what's that? cost them to come in here and take the tour. Uh, so $20 is our standard tour experience, but what we're going to experience here is a full intimate experience where you see every part from grain to bottle of how our product's made. And is there any military discounts you guys offer? There is. Uh, active duty is free and veterans are 50% off. And I see that's, that's even better. I, you know, you, you've, you guys have sold me a long time ago on your <laughs> stuff. I remember your first bourbon release, me and my wife uh, stood out in the rain and we were probably... I don't know. We were probably 300 deep. We were around the corner and we were lucky. There's an old uh, shipping warehouse there or something, loading docks. And we were up underneath there and uh, had some cover. Yeah. I, I remember your staff coming out and asking people, hey, be patient and uh, th- saying thank you and stuff and shaking hands and um, shaking babies or kissing babies. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Only um, kissing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was here at that first release and I was excited to get those those bottles, not only for me, but for another person um, really wanted a bottle and stood out here. And w- one of those bottles, actually, I think we were able to get two each. My wife got two and then I got two. And one of those um, went to a charitable auction. We we donated that for a oh, charitable wow. auction and stuff. Um, and I think it went for around three or $400 just because Corky signed it. Nice. Famous man. Well, very oh, generous right. of you. Thank you for doing oh, that thank on our you behalf. For doing that. We appreciate that. So, well, you know, it's uh I think it's always good to give back. Um, you know, if you're not giving back, which you guys have did plenty of always giving back to, to, to the community here in Louisville and especially to our veterans and our active duty members and stuff. Um, I know a lot of people do come here because of Corky's history with military and stuff, and I think that's always good to you get pay it forward to the, the soldiers, sailors, airmen, um, coasties that are out there, Marines, and you're offering them something they might not be able to afford. You know, military is not the, that greatest of paying. <laughs> um, so, and there's a lot of whiskey no. drinkers in the in the military. I'd say, you know, I cut my teeth in the military drinking <laughs> a little whiskey. So, some some whiskey that's not all that good, <laughs> but that's yeah. what I could afford. So. You got your experience. You're in a, a crap ton of states, right? It's just amazing to me how many states you guys have gotten out there. Is Very a craft distillery. Yes. And now you're going global. Yes. Trying to take over the world. Slowly but surely. So I'll be a, like yeah. we say with Corky, right? Patience pays off eventually. Is Vendome going to show up with another steel here? You we'll know, see. Well, we'll <laughs> see. We, we bought 19 acres out in Henry County. We built our first uh, rick house out there. Who knows? We might end up with a still out there someday. Now, Henry County, for everybody, it's, it's you just get up on I-71, drive north uh, past Oldham County, where all the money in Kentucky is. Uh, get past that rich part of Kentucky and uh, drive on up a little bit, and that's Henry County. 34 miles from here. 34 miles. Door to door. Yes. And so you got one rickhouse. How many barrels are up in there? 5,300. 5,300. 5,300. So a smaller rickhouse. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um we have room to build five of that same size. Five on that 19 acres? Correct. Mm-hmm. Wow. We can also build multi-story 
on that uh, property as well. So you build five, you could build five larger ones. Correct. Or? Yeah, five in terms of multi-story. Sure. Same footprint. Same footprint. So Correct. still around that five thousand barrel range. Well, no. In fact, the one we have now is fifty three hundred, and that's single story. So we can build multi-story. That would be either ten, fifteen, etc. Wow. Yeah. Um, I would imagine you're going to stay under twenty five thousand barrels. We are. Yeah. We're not that big. There's well, there's <laughs> a there's a magical to that. What Pat Heist told me um, is. You got to put a different fire system. <laughs> yeah, the fire suppression system there's is a lot much of more robust. Along with that. Yeah, but he also said that those fire suppression systems, uh, you know, they're just good for code. It's not going to put out if it's your rickhouse catches on fire. It's probably going to it's going to burn. It's there's a go. reason they have that retention basin <laughs> built around that to catch all that. Yeah, nobody ever wants to see that happen and stuff. No, That's no. out. That'd be as bad stuff. And I'm just sitting here enjoying this ride. Hopefully, Steve here, uh, he's enjoyed this and drinking on your guys's whiskey i know we're coming up on uh having to get corky out of here for uh um, for some business and stuff but i i appreciate you guys letting us come in a second time um and visit with you last time we didn't get to talk to either one of you um hopefully i come back a third time oh, you're in welcome. the future and we can get your son on it's and, an open uh, yeah. invitation. You're always welcome. We'll see if we can get him to tell some stories about his dad and whiskey. <laughs> or maybe stories you haven't heard about his first sip of whiskey. Hey, who knows? He might have I a know, few. I bet he's got some stories. <laughs> I got one last question for you, Corky. Uh, you know, when you were a kid, was there any of that pre-prohibition whiskey around the house or that you can remember? No. I, I mean, he had some uh, – he had a couple bottles in, in our home in Henderson, but not growing up. Uh when my father passed away in 1975, my mother, un- it was a terrible thing, but her house caught on fire and his everything in his office burned up. Ah. The roll top desk, everything went. And we had a lot of really neat pictures and a lot of things that belonged to my great grandfather. Uh, I've spent years trying to gather some of the pictures and some of the things that he had, but he had some of that whiskey. I don't think that he ever drank it. I think he just uh, he had a couple brands he he liked and he drank a lot of it. So unfortunately, though, we've had a lot of peerless fans bring to our attention some of these prohibition era bottles, and yeah. we've been able to obtain those once again. Yeah. And we have them in our archives here. We have them in, in right here in Carson's office. We've got some bottles on display. Yeah, last time I was here, I got to look at a couple of those, and uh, yeah, maybe I can take a couple of photos before we leave today. Well, let's take a peek today. And, yeah, um, I, I hate to. I hate to bug Carson in there because I know he's in oh, there. He's, this no. is an active distillery, folks. Um, they are making whiskey here. Don't get yeah, it wrong. Right. Don't say, hey, they're sourcing from there. I'll tell you, it smells good in here. Uh, their steel's going. Well, thank you. They're working. <laughs> um, they're working hard to put whiskey in the bottle for you to uh, drink. So where can we find you guys on social media? So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, KentuckyPeerless.com. Well, Listeners, go out there, follow them on Instagram, uh, like their page on uh, Facebook, come to Kentucky, uh, spend your money here with these fine folks at Peerless, um, visit the Urban Bourbon Trail, uh, help them make it better. I just it can't get no better than that stuff, right? Um, I love it. Well, so, thanks so much for your time. Thank no, you thank guys you. for coming Thank in. you very much. For, yeah. You're welcome anytime. Please just come in and see us again soon and- 
I'll get Carson in here and he'll probably tell you some stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's some, I, some I want him to tell, some I don't want him to tell. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so you can find us uh, on all four social media platforms, actually five now. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, we still handle videos on there. Uh, Jim's trying to get me to dance around or something like a chicken. I don't know. Um, but um, you can find us on one of those social medias at the Bourbon Road. Go on there and give us a follow. Um, we have a Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies. We're almost 1,600 members strong. Um, you got to be 21. You got to like bourbon. And uh, we agree. You got to agree to play nice. We don't tolerate any rudeness in there. Like-minded folks in there, you never can tell who's going to be in there. Maybe Corky's in there. Maybe Cordell's in there talking to you if you got a question about Peerless Bourbon. Uh, we got all kinds of fine folks in there. Um, if somebody posts up a bottle of Jim Beam in there, though, or uh, Kentucky Tavern or Ancient Age, we want you to uh, leave them a great comment. Uh, don't bash them. Um, we always say your bourbon your way. Uh, everybody's got to start their uh, their bourbon road somewhere. So just remember that when you're in there and stuff. Um, we have a website called thebourbonroad.com. You can find our swag on there. We have our whiskey glasses. Um, we have our hats and we have some t-shirts on there, our bourbon bullshitter t-shirt. If you don't think you're a bourbon expert, don't take yourself seriously. Buy one of those t-shirts and wear it around. Tell people, Hey, this is a bourbon road t-shirt, just bourbon bullshitter on there with a, uh, with a whiskey glass. Uh, <laughs> let everybody know that you are just a regular old bourbon drinker, like big chief. Um, you can also find our articles on there. I write a blog once a week with our guests like this right here. Um, it's not always about the distillery or about the episode. It's just kind of my thoughts on uh, whiskey or bourbon for that day. Um, I dive in a couple of different things. So check those blogs out, our reviews. We do two shows a week. On Mondays, we do a craft distillery. Sometimes we're throwing a big boy in there. Um, check those reviews out. On Wednesdays, we have our long show. And that show is where we feature guests like Corky and Cordell here at Peerless Distilling Company. Um, please check those out. If you like what you're listening to, scroll up to the top, hit that subscribe button. Um, that way your phone will tell you, hey, them Bourbon Road dudes, they are putting on a new episode this week and you need to listen to it. If you really love us, scroll on down to the bottom, hit that five-star review. We really love those. Write a review for us. If you don't like us, if you don't like what we said, Leave us a one star, but please be honest with us. Tell us what we need to do better so we can improve it. And so you'll go back and leave that five star review for us. You can find uh, myself, one big chief on Instagram. You can find a gym at jsanna 63. If you have any ideas, just reach out to us uh, at team bourbon road at the bourbon road or at info at the bourbon road. We're always looking for great ideas. If you have questions about whiskey, I'll tell you, I'll try to find an answer for you. Um, and uh, as we always like to say, we'll see you on down the bourbon road. Bourbon.